everybody. Thank you for joining me. It's the Mindfulness Movement and Exercise Podcast. This is episode 18. Today we're going to be, I am going to be talking about proprioception, exercise, and movement, which I know I've covered before, but I feel like it's worthwhile to explore this again, especially with some of the misinformation that's out there regarding proprioceptive training and what proprioception actually is. Last time I talked about fear and fear-based learning. It turns out we learn really well in the presence of something that's scary. We learn how to avoid that scary thing. So we can take this information and use it whenever we're in an environment where we're trying to learn something new. If we don't want to have an aversive effect, which means we try to prevent that thing from happening, we need to switch our approach to the thing. And I'm talking about this purely from a movement perspective. So if the scary thing, for instance, is a flip, the first time you do a flip, you land on your head, there's no way you're going to do a flip again. So how can we avoid having this aversive outcome, this landing on the head the first time you try a flip, especially as adult learners? There's a number of ways we can do that, and one of which is making sure the environment is safe, making sure the communication between the coach and the student is safe if the student is not a self-taught student. And you can also do it by approaching the smallest part of the movement first, feeling competent with it, and then moving on. Those are just some quick ideas. Before we dig into the subject matter today, go ahead and if you are in a spot where you can stand up and close your eyes, go ahead and do that. And the first thing I want you to do is I want you to bend your knees enough that your heels come off the ground. And as you do this, as you bend your knees enough that the heels come off the ground, I want you to notice the position of your ankles. Continue with this pattern, bending your knees enough so the heels come off the ground, paying attention to the position of the ankles. If I asked you to identify exactly where your left ankle was compared to your right ankle, would you be able to do that? And go ahead and relax for a second. You can open your eyes if you want. And go ahead and close your eyes again. This time, bend your knees enough that your heels come off the ground as you lift a foot, set the foot down, stand back up. Rebend the knees enough so the heel comes off the ground, lift another foot, set it down, stand back up. Do this a few times, and as you do this, I want you to focus on the sense of your knees. Where are your knees as you go through this motion? Obviously, they're shifting position, right? Because you're lifting a foot up and lowering one down. Where is it exactly in space? Can you tell how high it is? Then go ahead and relax and open your eyes and come on over. And we'll get started talking about proprioception. So what you just did was a in a pretty safe environment, you were able to explore 
the sense of some of your lower limb joints in space. As you went through that and as you did that, because you weren't using your eyes, you had to rely solely on the information that was coming from your body. And the information that's coming from your body is coming from these specialized cells called mechanoreceptors. There are mecha mechanoreceptors located inside your joints. They actually, I thought this was really interesting. I learned this as I was researching information for this podcast. They identify the rotations that are happening in the joint. You also have mechanoreceptors that are located in your muscles, in your tendons, in your ligaments, and in your skin. They detect things like changes in pressure. And it turns out, vibration is another thing they detect. It turns out that if your proprioceptors, which are specifically these mechanoreceptors that are giving you feedback about joint position, they're located primarily in the joint and then in the tendons, tendons and muscles. If the proprioceptors for some reason in those areas aren't giving you a full amount of information, you'll start to pick up the information from other cells. Your brain is amazing like this. So cutaneous receptors, receptors in your skin can start to give you information about where your joints are located. I feel like there's a lot I could unpack there and hypothesize on, but I won't for the purposes of not going off on a tangent. There's a lot of things that affect your proprioception. Things like fatigue, injury, hormones, body schema. I talked about body schema before, but to recap, Body schema is specifically a term that refers to the personal awareness of your body, including the location and orientation of its parts and their relative motion in space and time, as well as its functional integrity. It's a lot to unpack. So think about what I just said for a second. Basically, I'm saying that in your brain, there is this map of your body and what it's doing. How accurate it is depends on a lot of different things. In fact, some of those same things that I just talk about, talked about that affect proprioception. And one of the things to consider about this is you can improve your body schema for sure. But how do you do that? If you improve your body schema, this will likely improve your proprioception. One of the things I didn't mention is that proprioception along with vision and along with your vestibular system, which is basically your inner ears, they maintain your balance. It's one of the reasons why in the beginning exercise, I had you close your eyes. I took away your visual orientation. Our body is really good at figuring things out when it has the visual system and when you have things on solid ground. It becomes much more challenging to determine where you're located when you're no longer on the ground. 
And again, there's a lot to unpack here. And why does this even matter? Well, if your proprioception is rich, it's going to be easier to connect your brain with what your body is doing consciously. This can be really helpful for things like learning or for things like having confidence when you're doing something around the house. Like maybe you have to climb a ladder or maybe you have to clean the attic or maybe you're outside shoveling snow. Proprioception helps you when you stumble so that you don't fall on the ground. So proprioception is a really, really helpful thing to have. It instills this confidence in us in terms of our body and how we are with the world. And this can turn into lots of different, this can influence lots of different areas of our life. So... Let's think about some of the different ways maybe you've heard of proprioceptive training. Often proprioceptive training is described as doing things like standing on a wobbly surface. Like a wobble board or like an Eric's pad and doing some exercises. Given what I just said, given what you just learned, do you think that's an effective way to improve your proprioception? You're reliant on your eyes. Yes, you're standing on an unstable surface, but you're not moving in a way that is unexpected or requires a lot of a lot of skill. And the load is generally pretty low because you could only have so much load when you're standing on a wobbly surface. And by load, I mean external resistance. External resistance provides pressure. Pressure provides input. Input provides information. So one of the things that when you when you look through the research or when I looked through the research about things that improve your proprioception, resistance training is one. And in fact, there was one study I found that looked at resistance training two different ways. They did variable resistance training, which just meant they played, they altered the amount of reps that subjects did in one condition. And in another condition, they kept the reps very consistent. The Subjects always did eight to nine repetitions, whereas in this other condition, sometimes they did nine, sometimes they did 13, sometimes they did six. And then there was also a control group. By the end of the study, which I believe lasted six weeks, what they what researchers found was the variable condition with the reps that changed from week to week or from session to session, those individuals in their, their proprioception improved, but nowhere near as much as the individuals who did the exact same repetitions each session. 
which is kind of interesting. So the predictability of the weight, perhaps, or maybe just the overload was progressive. I don't know if the researchers increased weight so that eight to nine repetitions always felt challenging. I don't know that part. But if they did, that would lead to an increase in strength. It's hard to say. But it's interesting to note. Other things that improve proprioception, when you go digging a little bit more, is things like dance. So ballet dancers tend to have much better proprioception in their lower legs, specifically their ankles, than non-ballet dancers. One study looked at something called creative dance with an emphasis on body awareness. They had subjects that were older. They had them, they had subjects that were between the ages of 55 to 80 participating in this creative dance program. And by the end of the intervention, which I think for this one was 10 weeks, and the sessions were long, they were 90 minutes, three times a week. There was a significant improvement in proprioception in these older adults. They were compared to a control group whose proprioception did not change at all during this time. So dance can improve your proprioception, which should make a lot of sense because if you've ever taken a dance class or you've ever watched somebody dance, they use their eyes, yes, to determine where they are, but then sometimes they have to do things like an ex extend a leg behind them as far as they can, and they have to know where that leg is. And sometimes they do really interesting, their head will be facing one direction for artistic purposes as their arm reaches another direction and they have to know where that arm is in space. So you've got all these things that are coming to play with this. Surprisingly, there was a study that was done looking at parkour athletes and they compared parkour athletes. They matched them to individuals that were the same age, but who didn't do parkour. And they found these parkour athletes had much higher levels of proprioceptive awareness than the non-parkour athletes. When they did the same round of tests with the vision when and the subjects were able to use their vision, there wasn't much of a difference between these two groups. So proprioception is what was really improved in the parkour athletes. Again, if you've ever watched a parkour athlete run through a course, yes, they're using their eyes, but they also have to just know. They have to know when to let go of the bar to reach for the next bar. Sometimes they're doing things at night, so their vision is impaired. So my point is, there's a lot of different ways to improve proprioception that are maybe require more elements of the mind and the body than some of the traditional methodologies that are often talked about in exercise setting. This became interesting to me because I know I've talked about it on here before, but I've been doing pole for almost two years and I've been doing silks for, I'm coming up on my year anniversary of aerial silks. 
And one of the things I've noticed is my ability to do things like handstand and my ability to do things like low flow acrobatics, or I shouldn't really call it low flow acrobatics. It's very much, we'll call it groundwork. And my ability to do groundwork has improved significantly. And I have a long training history. I've been training for a really long time, for decades. So the fact that I have seen this much improvement in a very short amount of time in terms of my body awareness is what gave me, is what intrigued me. It gave me pause. Now, there's no research on things like pole or aerial silks and their influence on proprioceptive training, but I suspect you would find very similar results to what I'm talking about with these other things, with dance and with parkour and with resistance training. In the parkour paper, the researchers made a note of also saying that you see similar similar high levels of proprioception in athletes like skiers. And again, I'm going to go out on a limb and suspect that probably in soccer players and basketball players where you're reacting to your environment and you can't see what's going on behind you, but you know what's going on behind you. Those things are all going to improve your proprioception. And again, why does this matter? Because if we strip away all of the reasons we should, I'm using air quotes here, exercise, and we say, how can we make exercise or movement a way to improve our awareness with ourselves? What would that look like? I suspect it would look very different than what we traditionally think of as physical activity. And it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to prevent people from all ages of exploring in a different way. And that's important to me because I feel like often we assume things like, oh, I can't do that because I'm a certain age. There's a starting point for everybody somewhere. If there's something you really want to do, I promise there is a starting point for you. It's just a matter of figuring out what it is and then building from there. And if you're not attached to the outcome, if instead you're focused on the process, then this brings in all the other components that we've talked about this season so far. It brings in the mindfulness. It brings in the ability to observe without judgment. It, it brings in the ability to focus. It brings in the ability to decrease noise. So I will leave you with that. I guess I will actually leave you with one final note. Just a reminder, I'm going to be teaching at the Biomechanics Movement Summit in Las Vegas, January 12th through 13th. I'm super excited about it. There's four other amazing human beings and teachers that are going to be there with me. So if you're a movement professional 
Or if you're someone that is simply really interested in understanding how different concepts can help you improve your body awareness, improve your relationship to whatever movement hobby you have, consider joining us. We'll also be doing a live stream. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, and have a wonderful week.